0: What's up, MLK? It is Odessa Kelly, the nosiest parent on earth. I've been out here running this election. I have no idea what my kids are up to. So guess what? I'm going to give you all the royalty today. You you ain't got no tea in here. So we really about to get into it. So you make sure you tune in because I'm going to tell you what nosy parents are thinking every day, all day long. Odessa Kelly, tune in.
1: So welcome back. And we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Odessa Kelly. I am a Nashville native, born and raised here in the city. Um, I am currently running for U.S. Congress of District 7. If you didn't know, Na- uh, Nashville, Tennessee's congressional state districts got uh, redistricted at the beginning of the year. And the congressional districts, we went from 1 to 3. So I am running in District 7, which MLK does sit in the district to be your congressperson.
2: Yeah. So with running for Congress, voting is very important. So, like, why why is voting very important to you and just in general?
0: Well, I hope voting is important to everyone. It's the one tool that's been given to all of us to express our voice. So when you think about democracy and what democracy means and what it stands for, it is how are we coming together as a collective, you know, to build rules and laws and, you know, a society that we all want to live in and abide by. And it's important that you vote because that's how you get accurate representation. for how you want to see this country to grow. Does it look like you? Does it behave like you? Does it feel like you? Those things can never happen if you don't vote.
1: Definitely, I agree. Definitely. And I know, like, well, I guess we'll learn about this next year in econ and government. But, like, during school, we don't really get to learn about voting or, or they do talk about that you should vote but they, don't, but they don't talk about you know why we need to vote and like how do we find the person who is going to represent us the best
0: actually you won't in your econ classes either yeah. you know so like do you have civics no. right that's what i you know i don't remember having civics either you need to have a civics one-on-one class and civics tells you about the three levels of government You have your local municipalities here, which is our uh, city council. We have 40 members, 35. Um, um, uh, Those council members represent a certain district. Um, And then we have five at large, which represent the entire city. You know. Then we have our state uh, level of government, which is where your your and your mayor presides over your local government. Um, Our uh, governor presides over our state legislature. Uh, every county, we have 95 in Tennessee, uh, um, um, has representatives that sit at the state legislature. And we have a Senate and a House of Reps at our state level. And then we have our U.S., our federal government, which is what I'm running for. And so there are 435 members from across the country who make up the House of Representatives. And we have 50 senators, uh, 100 senators, two from each state. So uh, they make up the, the Senate. And then, of course, the president is the executor of our federal government.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, we're actually learning about all this in a a push, like like learning like um, about what the president does and, mm-hmm. and the House of representatives and the Senate type Congress. Because you know, before that, I really didn't know much about that at
0: all. Someone raised you wrong. <laughs> That's No, I'm just messing around. (laughs) (laughs) No, so um, technically, all you can learn about is the structure of them. How they work is going to be a life journey and a lesson. Uh, I'm 40 years old now, and I'm still learning. And I think uh, we misconstrue that a lot these days. Government should be a representation of who we all are. And that's not necessarily education. That's your life experiences and what you go through. You know, I'm sitting here between uh, two individuals who represent a lot of different uh, marginalized communities, women, African-American. I'm a member of the LGBTQ community as well. You know, so um, uh, I'm pretty sure y'all have friends, family members. Uh, How many of y'all who are first generation, you know, and those experiences come along with them as well. You know, and so when we start thinking about government and how um we want our vote to work for us, it's way more than just education. You know, it's about how we fit ourselves into building the quality of life that we want to see for everyone.
1: Well that's that's a lot to take in <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. Brennan, well, do you wanna ask your next question?
2: yes, I, I will. So with um being in Congress, you know, just in general, like when you mentioned AP, U.S. History. Mm. Um, along with evolve, like Congress evolving over time, media has also evolved over time. Mm-hmm. So how does media impact the way like people have seen you? Me? Yeah, or just in people have seen in general?
0: Well, I'm pretty. So the media's <laughs> done me well. It's not a problem. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. I think it depends. Um, that's a very broad question. So we'd have to like unpack it Um, when you say you and how the media has you know are you talking about me as a black woman in America and a descendant of enslaved people you know are you talking about me as a mother are you talking about me as an activist you know or are you talking about me as a candidate so the media media is very broad it can portray you in a, a myriad of different ways or you can identify with the media that we see in a bunch of different ways. So I think that um, for me, it's both. I think in my interaction with um, media as a politician, the response I've gotten has been overwhelmingly good and well, I've done everything I possibly can to show up well because I do sit at the intersection of so many different marginalized communities who are the base of the people who I wanna be a voice for and fighting for, you know? Um, I also have seen how, um, my identities have been um, misrepresented in the media as well. You know, And going back to being a black woman, to being a mother, to being someone who's from the hood. You know, I didn't go to MLK. I went to Stratford High School. So, you know, I'm very cognizant of a lot of the different things in the way how media can portray you.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a follow-up question. Go ahead. With that. Okay. So... Hmm. I don't know. How to word. So, how do you feel about the media, like now, and how they portray, like, hmm. I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to word it. But how do you? Just say it. We'll we'll work through like, it. Like, like people of color and the other, like minorities, in like in America. And especially how that connects back to
0: voting, that's a good question. Let me try to clean up for you, asking what do I think about how the media portrays uh black people other marginalized communities being l g b t q trans you know um community you know working class communities, mm-hmm. et cetera? yeah, I get that question a lot. That's a good question to ask. Um I think it depends on what media you're looking at. If you're looking at Fox News, they do not pre- portray us well yeah. at all. You know, depending um on what entertainment outlet that you look at, a lot of, a lot of them like to follow tropes in about our communities. But um also too, you see a lot of support. Um you see a lot of people trying to move the tide and move in how um um, um our communities are portrayed. I think that um that's part of the reason why I wanted to run. A lot of people like to other us because of the labels that they attach to me. Me being a gay woman, that's not a label that I carry. Other people see that and they get excited about that label. <laughs> if I win, I'll be the first openly gay Black woman to sit in U.S. Congress. I remember talking to you. I was yeah. excited, you know, um, to know that I would carry uh, that. I would be the person to carry that, and, and and I took a lot of responsibility in how I present myself. As a masculine presenting female, you'll never catch me in no flannels. I'm gonna be fresh <laughs> and fly, you know, all the time. But I think that was important because of people, you know, my um, young people, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, who come coming behind me, catch so much flack. And when you're in high school and your age, people, I, I didn't really get comfortable in my skin of who I was until I was 30 or 31. You know, then I really started to take off. So mm-hmm. I think that, um, it takes time for people to find themselves, and a lot of times self-doubt will creep in. So I've also tried to portray myself in a way to give people more confidence, in the, you know, about being comfortable 100% in who you are and in your identity, you know, because America is not America if you're not a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's not America if you're not a part of it. Yeah. It's not America if y'all not a part of it, right? This is your country, and you have the right to shape it in the way that you see fit. Don't let other people other you in it. And I think that um, media can make us think that there's america and there's this cisgender white male who's the like the prototype of it and then there's the rest of us but that's not the truth and that's not the case whatsoever you know it doesn't work with any of us we're the fabric and the being of this country
1: mm, I, I like that yeah i like that too definitely well that's the truth
0: so yeah, yeah. lean into it
1: <laughs> yeah and i i feel like now especially after oh I've I've said this almost every single time, but after... After the
2: disconnect with (laughs) COVID.
1: (laughs) But, like, I feel like definitely after COVID and during the pandemic, a lot of people our age started to, like, find themselves and find Mm -hmm. their fashion. And whether that's, like, dressing, you know, more modestly or dressing not so modestly, dressing in baggy clothes, things like that, like, I think... Not only just in fashion, but also in mindset, because mm-hmm. I like can see coming back to school a lot of people have grown mentally, and emotionally, and spiritually, and I feel like that is that's also adding to like our um, like how our generation Gen Z is going to affect the new America that is going to come.
0: Yeah, I call y'all Generation New Earth, and I'm so excited for your generation. Yeah, um, you know. Um, yeah, I was there with you. <laughs> uh, if any I don't know, I'm Lanaya's other mother. So um, um, if when she does messed up things, blame it on her other mother. When she does good things, <laughs> c- uh, credit that to me. No, I'm just messing around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're 100% spot on. You know, I me and you have had a, m- a million conversations about that. Brennan, how do you feel about that? I mean, I, I think the same thing. I, I noticed my own growth through the pandemic. Um.
2: Yeah, I think
0: with the pandemic, a lot of people
2: had the time to reflect on themselves. Um, I personally had time to reflect on one very important thing, Mm -hmm. my fashion. Okay. Um, So before the quarantine, um, I'm not downing this place, but I used to be a city trends person. (laughs) I thought it was cool. Like every time I would get like my outfit from city trends my dad would be like
0: you're gonna be fresh to death yeah <laughs> it's because you're dead from my generation mm-hmm. <laughs> you 80s baby ain't he? Y- yeah, yeah but
2: <laughs> i was not fresh to death and <laughs> so now that you know i'm still improving on it but it's better than it is before and i feel way better in it so man
0: listen yeah my mama gave me a jerry curl she didn't seen the pictures right because she thought it was cute at the time it's just uh you know things that happen so once I finally got, you know, um, an awareness of my own fashion, I was like, this Jericho got to go, <laughs> you know? It also made me very you know, witty though. The, the experiences we have are the experiences that we have, you know, but yeah, I think a lot of people, the silver lining of the pandemic, because we all, I will say, I know we lost family members and close uh, friends and family members as well, um, is that we got a chance to slow down. And in the society that we have today, you know, even y'all are at the, you know, I, I, could, I consider it the best high school <laughs> in in, in uh, Tennessee. I really do. A lot of people say Hume Fogg, but Hume Fogg does not have the diversity that you have. And Lanaya c- can, can attest, I tell her all the time, do I want you to go to school and make A's and be as smart as you possibly can? Yes. But what's important, too, is how you start to connect and grow and develop friendships and networks and relate with other people because that will take you a lot further in life, you know, and um, I think y'all do that well here at MLK, of making sure that people have the um, opportunity to interact with other people in other walks of life that they ever, may, you know, may not see. You know, in my hood, it was just black, <laughs> you know? So it was, it was literally college before I really started interacting with other groups of people. But yeah, you know, um, the growth in the pandemic is that we had time to just like breathe a little bit and think about ourselves and our autonomy you know and how we do fit into the world so yeah i'm excited for your generation as well i do see a lot of that showing up and how people are expressing themselves and moving forward and i'm here for it i'm here for all of it. keep doing it
2: Thank you. Really? what 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 we doing um, i don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> okay well I guess we'll get to, like, one or two more questions okay. real quick. Do you have a question that you want to ask or ship? Uh,
2: well, okay, so you obviously represent your community very well, but, like, what are, like, specific things you do to represent your community? Ooh, What's the
0: resume? Is adding, that what Go and, ahead.
1: And adding on to that, what are some ways that we can, like, we as people, as – you know, young adults at MLK can help our community as well. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I'll start with the first one. So um, it's just a bio for me. Um, I I went to public schools. You know, shout out to all our public schools. Um, I'm proud of all the teachers and everyone because you had to put up with me going to school. Bless you. You know, every teacher deserves a six-figure salary. <laughs> And um, after graduating from Stratford, I went to Tennessee State University. I was an athlete where so I played basketball. Um, and I thought I was going to go to the WNBA. I graduated summa cum laude, you know, business degree, all, you know, specifically in econ um, and mine in Africana studies. But when I graduated, I was waiting to go to the WNBA. And for like two years, yeah, I just lived off of credit cards because they gave them to me in college. Do not do that. Do not live off those credit cards. (laughs) right? And on my 23rd birthday, my dad, um, her grandfather did some, the shadiest best thing that ever happened to me. He gave me this huge box like you see under a tree at Dillard's or something during Christmas. It was gold, had the red ribbons around it. It's the girliest ever been in my life. I was super excited to open this box. Inside of it, I had a pair of scissors for me to cut up my credit cards and a job application. That was the (laughs) gift on my 23rd birthday. Serious. And that's how I started working for Metro Parks and Recreation. Now, if you're from Nashville, it's community centers all around here. It's the one part of government that people like, leisure services. And uh, I grew up in the community centers. My father worked at the community centers forever. Um, uh, Some things your parents are right. My dad knew me better than I knew myself at the time. He was like, come work at the community centers. I thought I'd do it for a little bit until I figured out how to take over the world. And um, six months on the job, I fell in love with it, mm. you know. Seven, I think, uh, f- four months on the job is when I met her mother, you know. And I think three months later is when I fell in love with her, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I met, I met Lanaya when she was uh, four months old. So we like the um, the black version of modern family, Yeah, our families, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, and I think that um, – before I knew it, I was a very young parent, with children, trying to navigate relationships, rent, you know, uh, shout out to, to her mother, her biological mother, if it wasn't been for her, I'd still be living at home with my parents. <laughs> so her mother made me grow up a little bit too. And um, I think all those things pushed me into being the activist I am today, because now I have responsibilities. I got kids that I gotta take care of, I gotta pay rent, yeah, we're talking 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, when Nashville is on the rise. Like, we are the it city, and everybody and their mama is moving here. We're every year in the top three or four of fastest-growing cities. But the infrastructure of Nashville was not keeping up with the growth of the city. So that means people coming here with unlimited cash and means were pricing out people like my community, teachers you know here might have worked 30 or 40 years and on a fixed income and can no longer stay in their communities that is the definition of gentrification you know displacement and what was going on i'm living check to check trying to make it now i got a college degree living check to check in the community centers i'm on the front lines of poverty i see what's happening every day y'all right across the street from Watkins park Park, you know what's going on you know it's real life out here which also gives y'all an advantage you know, because you're not living in a bubble. You're in the mix with everyone else. A lot of people, at p- uh, times, people want to make school this, you know, protected place. And I wanted to be protected, too, because my my children are here, and I love every single last uh, kid that's here, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we shouldn't shield you from what's happening in real life. we got to find a better way, you know, to mm-hmm. incorporate that into the education that you're getting as you're growing up. we got all these things happening. There's a housing crisis. You know, it's hard for people to buy homes or even to afford rent. And I'm desperate to save my own life because the stress is putting on me. I got friends who are, like, putting away for their kids' college fund. She ain't never going to college because I didn't pay for it, but don't tell her. No, She's she just joking. <laughs> <y'all>. she <laughs> just <laughs> but, no, seriously, though, those are the conversations. that w- Those are the things that me and her mother would have, me and her father would have to keep us up, you know. And um, those those are the type of things that literally just wanted me- made me become – an active voice for the things that I was living through, for the experiences I'm seeing every day. My job was to do Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, hang out with the seniors, do intergenerational programs, talent shows, and I was really good at it. I could have retired doing this job. I loved it every minute of it, right? But the reality is is that I was living check to check. I went back to school to get my master's degree and what came with it is $70,000 of debt just so I could get in middle management on a job that is important I love the job that they do over at Watkins Park and shout out to Metro Parks employees. Shout out to all Metro employees. We're the ones that make the city run. But if I stayed on a job, I might top out at 58K. Mm-hmm. I can't buy a home with 50K. I can't send them to college at 50K. There's a lot of things you, you just can't do. So that's what made me to start speaking out against the public policies and the pressures that were being that were in place that were causing barriers on our life. I told you what was supposed to be the fun part of my job, but my job ended up passing out food boxes every day. You know, how many food boxes have you come to the center and passed out with me? Hundreds.
1: Yeah, it was like it was a lot, it was. Right. It w- it was it was quite a bit and like to see how everything has grown and like you know, she's done a lot more than just work with parks. She's well, yeah, I
0: was just getting to it. Yeah. I just wanted to set the stage, you know, because us passing out I'm passing out food boxes to people who I was in study groups with at Tennessee State University. You know, these are people who chose to be social workers. These are people who decided to become teachers. You know, y- y'all should hug your teachers because they're underpaid for the work and the job that we asked them to do. You know, but with all that, got Okay, I can speed it up? Yeah. My bad. But with all that, you know, that's how we started bec- um, uh, doing activist, uh, uh, activism work. I started Stand Up Nashville. Uh, we do social and racial justice work through an economic lens you know we, uh wanted to be the ones to talk about the things that got martin luther king and malcolm malcolm x assassinated the moment they started talking about how we get the economic girding to move our communities forward and make them sustainable is when it becomes dangerous to a lot of other people because at the end of the day a lot of the things have just become about money and so um we were really good with that we passed the community benefits agreement anyone here who loves soccer the reason why soccer is in nashville We made sure that it came um, with one of the strongest community benefits agreements in the country to have affordable housing, uh, to make sure that we raised the minimum wage to 1550, to make sure that there were no more accidents and people dying on construction jobs that were unnecessary, and a myriad of other things that we needed in the city. And that's how I got to becoming uh, a person who's running for office, because I had seven years to learn all of these things. And when I got to travel around the country, issues that we're having here in Nashville happening everywhere else, you know? So I decided to run. All
1: right. mm. that, was, that was a lot, but I'm glad that everybody- Yeah, you can edit it down
0: okay. to get it, yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad everybody else got to learn a lot more about you, and hopefully can be inspired by your story. And
2: yes, I'm definitely inspired <laughs> by your story.
0: Well, thank you. So if I could tell anyone and everyone here, please lean into the process. Don't wait on the next person to fix the issues and the problems that you see. You ask me how y'all can be involved, this is being involved, mm-hmm. having a podcast. For those out there, the things that you're passionate about, just get involved. Start doing them. Annoy someone until they give you the help that you need to to set it in motion. But don't look for the next person to, like, be the answer to the issues that you have. You have everything within within yourself to answer it and do it. And to us older people, we're here to support you along that way, along that journey. Mm.
1: Right. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Of course. Mm. Thank you for having me. Of course, this is the mm-hmm. best interview I've had yeah. all day. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, we're we're glad to we're glad to be the best one. Yeah. You seriously,
0: y'all are y'all the best one I've had all day. The rest yeah. of them, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully
1: yeah. they don't watch this, but um yeah. Thank you for coming on, and hopefully you know we get to talk with you in the future. And
0: yes, yeah. please, if you are eighteen years old, go vote. If not, make sure you register. Lean into your uh, your, your uh, democratic process. It is highly important that you exercise the way that you get to shape your country because it belongs to you and you, and you, Brennan, and not everyone else here. Who's Y'all don't see all the hard work people are doing behind behind the scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> all right. Thank you so much again. Yeah. And, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Hey, right.
0: Bye, guys.
1: Welcome back, guys, and thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much to our special guest, Miss Odessa Kelly, who is running for US Congress in District 7. Um, But yeah, you guys know, make sure to follow our Instagram, check the links in our bio, and check our YouTube and our Spotify and Google podcast for all of our episodes. And make sure to leave us feedback. And also, last but not least, our rap battle is going to be Friday, November 4th. Make sure everybody please come, support us, support your local Nashvilleian MLK rappers. Plus, we're going to be having a very special guest, Mr. Brian Brown, who is going to be performing for us and who's also an MLK alumni, you know? But make sure you guys come out and support us, Okay. Bye, Royals.